Welcome to Coming Out of the Spiritual Closet with your host, me, Brittany Wittig. Join me every week to explore and demystify the world of modern spirituality. This week, I interview Candace Taylor, Candace the Dream Doula. She describes herself as the human form of glitter, and I 100% agree with that. You cannot help but smile when you're in Candace's energy. She is just like a warm hug. She's amazing. And in this episode, she shares so much actionable advice for basically bringing more joy into your life. She talks about the difference between routine and ritual and how to bring ritual into your daily life, how to love yourself even when things are tough. Just there's so much here. You're going to love it. I would actually recommend that if you're someone who likes to take notes, grab a piece of paper and a pen because there are so many actionable pieces of advice here that you're going to want to write them down or maybe listen to it twice. Either way, without further ado, here's Candice. Welcome back, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us this week. And today I am excited to have Candice on the podcast. Candice, thank you so much for being here. I'm so I am so pumped to be here. I'm like, how do I feel right now? I'm so pumped. Thank you for having me. It's an absolute pleasure. Oh, it's so awesome to have you on. So let's just get started with a quick introduction. Can you just introduce yourself and just tell us a little bit about what you do? Absolutely. So I'm Candace Taylor. I call myself Candace the Dream Dealer for fun. And that essentially is the intersection of being an educator, an advocate, a hype woman, and this all around go-to guide um, for what I call modern day revolutionaries. So the people who are using the things that they create in the world to transform not only their own lives, but to transform the world as well. And I really embolden and empower my client partners to birth these dreams and to lay to rest the things that are within them that are not necessarily serving their highest self or their highest vision for what their life can be. Notably, making sure that they're not sacrificing their physical, mental, and emotional well-being in in pursuit of cultivating these dreams. So that's a little bit about me. Um, I'm really thrilled to share a little bit more about my personal philosophy with the with the audience here. It's going to be amazing. Yeah, and I just have to say, Candace is the ultimate hype woman. She's amazing. I'm a member of a monthly membership that she has, and it's just so awesome because she's just constantly like, yeah, hyping everyone's successes, helping us with accountability. She's amazing. So I'm so grateful that you're here. And I want to ask you, so you're a dream doula. And I got to say, like way back when we first connected, that was the first thing that like, boom, caught my eye about like your, your Instagram bio was that you're a dream doula. And I was like, a dream doula. That is so cool. So can you share how you, how, how did you come up with that title? And I mean, I, you kind of just described it, that it's, you're helping people like birth dreams. Is that exactly, Yeah, exactly. This is a fun story. Um, and I think it gives you a little bit of a 
insight into who I am and how I operate in the world, there's two reasons or two kind of guiding influences into my title, The Dream Doula. The first is that I took a very spontaneous trip to Israel. And when I was there, I felt the energy of the universe just like speaking so much of my life's purpose to me. Mm. Um, and I find that travel is a great way to kind of tap into the wisdom of the universe. Um, but, you know, I was having these conversations with individuals that I was meeting and one woman was telling me about a doula program and how there weren't very many black women who were doulas. And it really just lit me up to, you know, explore what a doula was, because I didn't know at the time and, um, you know, how they serve the world. And in my research, I realized that I was doing all of that with my coaching clients. I was doing that in my nine to five career roles. I was doing that with my family, being an advocate, being that cheerleader, being a guide and an educator to make sure that that birthing process is, is safe for the individual who's navigating it. And then I also started doing research on death doulas. And I was like, yes, um, you know, I looked at my astrology. I know my natal chart very well. And one of the things that kind of screams out from my birth chart is that I'm okay with the uncomfortable. I'm okay with the dark. I'm okay with the taboo. Um, and I'm okay with holding space for others to explore and be with that. And so that really aligned with the death doula framework of allowing people to, you know, safely transition out of this lived experience, allowing their family members to find comfort and peace and also grief and pain in their passing. Um, and so I, I realized I was also doing that within the kind of coaching and consulting work that I was doing for my clients. And then years later, um, I discovered, uh, a woman that I'm just like fascinated by. Her name is Sarah Beth Burke. And she talks about hybrid professional identities and really looking at how, you know, for folks like me, we're multi-passionate, how our work might actually be the intersections of various industries and how we can embrace that when we're giving ourselves titles. And I was like, that's it. That's me. Um, and so that was really where I started to call myself the dream doula and own that part of my identity and own that my work is the intersection of artistry. It is the intersection of, you know, embodied movement practices with coaching, with consulting and with being a cheerleader. Um, and there's a role that exists out there that I get to decide what it is. Hello, Siri. Um, <laughs> she's like, I found this. I found you on the web. Um, but yeah, you know, like really owning that came into place when I got language for what I was already doing. Oh, wow. I love that. That's so cool. And I just love, yeah, I love that piece with the death doula too. And like that comfort with discomfort and, um, there, I feel like there's something in there about like leaning into your true emotions when there's grief and like, mm, it's so good. I love it. So could you tell me a little bit more about your background? You've touched on it with, you know, because when you said that you're so multi-passionate, but your background is like so freaking interesting. I'm sure people is, would love to hear about it. I wish people could see what my arms are doing, but it's yes. a tilt a whirl over here and I'm obsessed with it. Right. Um, I don't, I'm really into tarot. And when I, when I see there's a, a deck called the wild unknown. Mm -hmm. And in that deck, there's a wheel of fortune card. And it has all of these sticks that are kind of in a globe or a sphere shape. And there's beautiful, colorful rib ribbon intertwined. And there's an owl and there's a dark sky and the moon is in the sky and the sun is somewhere in the picture. 
that is literally my lived experience. That's my life. Mm. Um, and so when that card comes out, I'm like, okay, what's next universe? Like, well, what do you got for me? But I grew up in the inner city of um, Massachusetts and I went to middle school and you know elementary school in private suburban parts of Massachusetts. And so there was always this kind of dichotomy into what I'm experiencing in my surroundings and, and who I am inside. And I had to explore that kind of exchange with the world, right? Like I, I yeah. always kind of felt like this oddball out. I felt like, okay, like I get it. I relate to these things. Some of these things resonate with me, but I don't feel like they reflect me. Um, and so I, it, it was, you know, my whole life has been a journey of really making space for myself to be safe. And that means creating things where they don't exist because I am multi-passionate and part of my life is about those intersections. So yeah. in college, um, I really loved speaking Spanish and I loved dancing. And I was like, I'm going to build my own, my own major. And they kept saying no. And they kept saying no. And I was like, I'm going to do this. You, you can't say no. I'm whether you give me a degree in it or not, I'm doing it. Um, but that led me to study abroad in Nicaragua. And I lived there for a year um, doing dance research and doing uh and studying Spanish obviously wow. and then that led to me getting a Fulbright research grant and I went back and lived there for a year and got to travel all over the country interview people about you know their personal testimonies and the history of Nicaragua and um, um, also perform all over that country I performed in the National Theater twice I did um, my own work on the wow. in the National Theater and then I joined a musical <laughs> just ah, cool just because why not mm -hmm. um and and you know I grew up dancing so that was always kind of this thread line for me and I knew I didn't want to sacrifice that and that's led me to work on a Broadway musical I did that in 2022 helped literally I was like this is that was one of the first times I felt like a dream doula in in a setting that wasn't typical I'm like yeah I just birthed the musical it's cool yes. no problem um it was incredible but yeah, I've just, I've allowed my both personal and professional life be led by my heart mm. and be led by my soul, be led by my intuition. Uh, and that's meant that I've had so many different, I mean, I was in the fitness industry as well. I teach dance cardio classes and helped to build a network of over a thousand certified instructors teaching a dance cardio format called 305 Fitness. So I've done it all. Yeah. <laughs> and um and I, I think the through line always has been Candace the Dream Doula. And so I was so grateful to get that language eventually where I can now say, yep, I was operating as this dream doula and every single for myself and for others throughout my whole life. Oh, so awesome. Oh my gosh. I just love all of the variety in what you've done. And I love the way you follow your intuition in the way that you are soul led. I mean, that's something I talk about a lot on this podcast and it's just, you're such a beautiful example of what is possible when people really live that way. It's like, look at all the amazingness that can happen yeah. if you let yourself be soul led. You know, it's interesting that you mentioned that because I feel like that's been the biggest point of contention within myself. Mm -hmm. um, I, for a very long time, suffered from depression, um, anxiety, had suicidal ideation. And I think trying to move through that mm -hmm. was what allowed me to own being soul led, right? Like I, I always have been, but it was really hard. And yeah. what it 
created for me was anxiety, right? I always tell people your anxiety and your depression is not for you to like hold on at, you know, like you have a, um, like you've received an award and you have a placard that says like, I have anxiety and there's nothing wrong with it, but like your anxiety is there as a tool for you to say, wait, my soul needs something or my soul is trying to communicate something. My soul desires something. Let me wake up to myself and, and try to cultivate that or not try and cultivate and create that because we yes. have, you know, this divine capacity to create things in a way that no other species on the planet has. We can just like think it and go make it. Yeah. Why not use these kind of innate and natural resources that we have that you know, don't always feel great to lead us back to ourselves and lead us to guiding ourselves. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes, yes, yes. 100%. I so completely agree with that. That's amazing. Absolutely. Yep. The anxiety, the fear, it can be a tool. It can be something that helps you for sure. Beautiful. So you talk a lot about self-care and how the wellness world kind of has twisted self-care a bit. Is that, I mean, is that a fair way to say it? I should just let you talk about it, but how, how, what's going on with self-care and the wellness world from your perspective? So I think, first of all, I'll say this self-care is really, really beautiful and it can be really powerful. What has happened is it's become a, you know, um, a commodified industry, right? Uh, It is a billion dollar industry. I don't think people realize that when we throw out words like self-care, it it feels like it's a trivial thing, but it's actually part of, you know, a a global economy that is billions of dollars each each year. Um, And so I like to ask people to go a layer deeper than self-care and not just stop there. Um, mm-hmm. And so when I think about self-care, for me, it's it's a reactive experience rather than a proactive one. And I try to steer anybody that I work with, anybody that's in my community toward a more proactive experience of taking care of themselves. Because we all know, like, you should be taking care of yourself. There's nothing wrong with that. But I think we enter a more empowered relationship with ourselves when we do it proactively. And so I I use the metaphor, right? Like it's, it's the difference between getting a filling when you go to the dentist and Mm. flossing preemptively. Like, you know, that floss is going to get all of this stuff that's like hanging on your teeth and it helps you to prevent the cavities. That's, that's what I like to call soul care. Those are the proactive details. And then right. fillings, you're going to do it because you have to, but you already have the cavity. Right. Um, and that's what I look at kind of self-care as. So there's nothing wrong with it. I just think because it's so commodified, it gets trivialized and we we deprioritize it. We, yes. re- we don't realize how important it is to have, you know, daily, monthly, annual rituals around, um, you know, what I like to call that soul care, that soul care maintenance. Gotcha. Yeah. So what do you think? Is, so is, what do you think people are getting wrong about self-care? Like, is it that people are just being so reactive with it instead of proactive? Is that the that, big That's issue? definitely one thing. That's where, yeah. like, that's where I start with my clients. I'm like, okay, okay. in what ways, um, in what ways can we change this? Like, can we analyze where you're being reactive and create proactive systems? Right. Yeah. Um, and then I also think about this idea 
and this is just a personal thing, right? Self-care is also a little punitive. It's like, I'm burnt out or I'm exhausted or I'm depleted or I'm broke or, you know, all of these negatives and we shame ourselves. So self-care can often be steeped into kind of this guilt or shame experience. I'm doing, I'm taking care of myself because I feel badly about the circumstance that I'm in. Whereas I think of soul care as rehabilitative, right? It's like helping you to restore yourself to that um, optimize existence. And so that becomes your baseline rather than hitting these, you know, low moments, these rock bottom moments and using that as the moment to take care of yourself. It's like, I'm nurturing because I love myself. I'm nurturing because I want my, um, you know, if you consider your, your being a machine, I want my machine to operate at its optimal capacity all the time. You wouldn't have a vacuum cleaner in your house just being like, I know it doesn't work, but I'm, I mean, I, this is probably not a great example because I know some people do this, right? But you wouldn't pick up the vacuum cleaner that you know is broken and expect it to turn on and function, right? Um, right? And, you're, and you're not like then talking badly at the vacuum for not working because you know it doesn't work. We right. do that to ourselves, right? We look at our, the machine of our own beings and we're like, oh, you know, uh, I, I messed that up again or I've mismanaged my money again and, and, and now I'm in this situation or I, I, I trusted that person again and now look where I am. We bully ourselves into taking better care of ourselves. And that's not really my vibe. I'm like, how can we, how can we be on our own team? How can we cheer ourselves on and celebrate ourselves through the lens of, of, of a compassionate, caring model? Mm, Yes. Ooh, I appreciate that very much. This idea of I, I'm as you're speaking, I'm realizing I'm feeling a little called out in some of my own stuff. Like I can, I immediately thought of some places where like I could be more proactive and take a more soul care approach for sure. That's really interesting. Let's say that someone has like a routine that they go through, they're listening to this and they're like, well, I have my, I have my self-care routine. Like I already have that. Is there a way that they could examine that to see if it's really effective or to see if maybe there are some tweaks that need to be made? Yes. I love that you mentioned this. I always talk about the difference between routine and ritual. Routine Uh is self-care, right? This is, this is another thing that people, if we're going to the self-care 2.0, which is soul care, um, people get wrong that this idea of a routine as the model. And okay. and here's why I I don't uh, subscribe to this. I think routine numbs you. I think routine takes you out of the equation. And I believe that soul care should be personalized and should be an intimate connection with yourself, right? You should be present, awake and aware. And with routine, we can get into, you know, our flow. We can get yeah. into the the state where we're no longer present in the moment and connected to what we're doing. And right. it's interesting. I also think that punitive quality like can kind of hook itself onto routine mm. because if you miss it, you know, oh man, I, I, I didn't wake up early this morning and, and do my yoga routine. I said this yesterday. I'm like, I'm so mad at myself because I didn't do my yoga in the morning. And I was like, the, the routine doesn't matter. And so what I personally replace routine with is ritual. 
Okay. Ritual asks you to be fully present and asks you to connect into a sense of tradition and asks you to connect into a sense of community. Um, it asks you to connect into power that's beyond you. And the, the reason why I've kind of latched onto that ritual theme is because I think our existence is designed to be interdependent the hyper independence. And I think self-care speaks to this, right? Like buy your bath bomb, get your candle, block out the world. Like that's the picture of self-care. That's not the point, right? The the point for me of of self-care and soul care is that I'm my optimized self so that I can take care of myself properly. And then I can go and serve the world from my overflow, right? From being fully in my optimal positioning, I can then say, generously I can give to other people. Right. Um, And so I think this, this ritual model reminds us of that and tap and hooks all of our actions, all of our proactive well-being maintenance into the, the interdependent interdependent and connected model. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. So if you think of obviously like churches, maybe, Oh, (laughs) not the best example to give, because we all have different feelings about church. But what I, one of the things that I've loved most about my church experience mm-hmm. um, is how ritualized it is, right? How special these moments of connection. I know that even if I'm having my own, um, you know, worship experience, for example, in church where I'm singing and I'm and I'm feeling like I'm connected to divine energy by myself, yeah. I know that there's a collective of individuals also doing that with me, right? And right. I think it's that was so powerful in the pandemic when I started watching church at home, I'd be in my home by myself and still feel that same divine presence as if I was in the room of a hundred people in, in the church service. Right. And so, um, I just bring that up to say, when you're ritualizing your life, it, it taps you back into that essence of interdependence and reminds you that this is not just for you. This is for you to get yourself back to that optimal state. But once you get there, Part of being there is to say, now, how can I serve other people? How can I use my own light? How can I use the fact that I am full of joy and enlightenment to now benefit and and empower and embolden and nourish others? Mm. Ooh, I love that. So how, if someone's listening right now and they're like, yeah, okay, that resonates with me. How could someone... Like, how could someone shift what is routine into more like ritual? I love this question. This is so good. So the primary, um, I have, I have a personalized framework that I guide all of my clients through and that I use for my own lived experience. Okay. The first portion of that framework is self-intimacy and Mm self-discovery. And what I, what I use as kind of my flashlight, like what I'm looking for in that self-intimacy and self-discovery mo- moment are what are my needs, what are my values, and what are my desires? I want as much clarity on those three things as possible. And I playfully and creatively ex- do that self-exploration so that it's joyful, right? We can learn a lot about ourselves and it's painful. I will raise my hand. I've learned a lot about myself through rock bottom and I'm grateful (laughs) for those moments. Don't get me wrong. They're beautiful lessons. But if we're initiating something, right? Like I I always tell people, I have this kind of catchphrase that I use, like stop microdosing on misery. Mm. There is enough, our society is obsessed with being miserable. 
Yes. We're obsessed with being mad. We're obsessed with being angry. We're obsessed with being worried and frightened. And yeah. those things are naturally occurring. I never want to shame people out of those things because again, there's so much value. But what if we turned our eye to joy? What yeah. if we, you know, like had a compass that was navigating us to joyous experiences? Yeah. The anger, the madness, the misery would not go away. We would still have it. But wow, would our souls be so much more joy filled. And I, I personally am in pursuit of that. Yes. So all that to say, you know, in this first part of the, the, the work, um, I invite people into self-discovery that's playful, expansive, and joyous seeking. What are my core needs? What are my core values? And what are my core desires? Right? Mm, yeah. Then from there, we start to strategically plan, right? We start to Think about what are the strategies that will help me cultivate more of what I need in my life, more of mm. what I value in my life, more of what I desire in my life. And this is a perfect way to re-envision your routines, right? If yeah. you have a morning um, morning routine where you get up, you brush your hair, you go shower, you brush your teeth, and you know you have a core need for more joy in your life, and you know you have a core value for community impact. And you know you have a core desire to feel more pleasure. The way that you brush your teeth, maybe you hum to yourself while you're brushing your teeth, so that there's more joy in that experience. Maybe you have a um, they have those like whiteboards that you can put in your shower um, where you can scribble down creative ideas for how you can impact the world more positively, right? Mm -hmm. And so now your routine becomes ritual um, and and moves beyond just that like framework that you're numb in and more of something that you're actively engaged in. Mm. Oh, cool. And then I'll just share the last part of that framework. Yeah. That's my point before I got to the end of the framework. But the last part of that is to celebrate yourself, right? To mm. um, enjoy the experience and to affirm yourself in it so that it becomes more of a iterative process, right? So okay. that I'm inclined to do this again. We know that when we get incentive, and we know that when we get celebrated, we are more inclined to do the things that we're incentivized to do and celebrated for. So yes. build that into the flow, right? Celebrate yourself for the things that you discovered. Celebrate yourself for structuring um, a roadmap to cultivating more of what you desire. Then celebrate yourself for actually doing that thing and make that an iterative loop. Yes. Ooh, okay. Awesome. That's amazing. I love this idea of making these just really simple, doable tweaks that shift your routine into ritual. Exactly. Like that's so manageable. I love it. When people do get into like a really dark place, maybe really with a lot of anxiety, um, maybe in some kind of a rock bottom, how can people still like love themselves and feel proud to be themselves? Do you have any advice on that? Because I know that's one that's really the hardest. Yeah, I I'll I'll just speak from what has served me and yeah. and the model that I then use to serve my clients and my client. I'll call all of my clients client partners because I think that we we're exchanging energy and and I learn as much from them as they learn from me. Right. Well, um, I love that. Yeah. But what has served me? There's there's a couple of things I. Interdependence is one of my core values for a reason. I don't believe that we're here to navigate anything on our own, mm. anything. 
even the darkest moments of our lives, I think we learn and integrate the learnings inter independently, right? The way that an experience is going to land for me, I could never translate to somebody else because I'm my own being. Right. But navigating that, we're not meant to do that alone. And we can look at how, you know, humans of, of yesteryear used to operate and function. We, we were hunter gatherers in community. You were yeah. not isolated and independent. Um, and in fact, if you were isolated from, from your community, that was looked at as death, right? Like that was, yeah. that impacted your sense of survival. And so just flipping the model that we've adopted on its head and getting and restoring us back to like true humanity, I think is so important. If you are in a low moment, and, and honestly, I would ask people do this before they get to the low moment, cultivate safe community, start mm. networking, start collaborating, start finding people who are like-minded and like-spirited so that when you do go through these low moments, because you will, it's not an if, it's a when, right. um, you have people that you can engage with and that you trust. That's why I created the Pocket Full of Sunshine membership. I anticipate navigating depressive episodes. I anticipate navigating anxiety. I anticipate all of the challenges that I've gone through in the past cycling back into my life at some point in the future. But I have this community that I know, again, right? Those are my client partners. So I know on my low days, I can say, hey, y'all, I'm exhausted today. Somebody send me a funny meme and pick me up. And guess what? My group does that for me. And then I get to be the leader that also pours that back into them, right? So interdependence, I think, is going to be key. Find a community. Find, even if it's a one-on-one -on -one relationship, find someone that you can trust that will just be present and hold space for you and can hold you accountable to the, the core needs, core desires, and core values you say are your, your personal truth. Um, and then the... The other layer of this, again, is to use that like an alarm clock, right? I think I love using this metaphor because sometimes our, our alarm clocks do go off for a long time. You know, it's like on the on your nightstand and you're like, I can't get up yet. Yeah. Right. But you would not allow yourself to have your alarm going off for two hours. Right. You would get up and turn it off, right? You would get up and do the thing that you know turns it off. Right. And so that's where for me, um, rituals come into place. And I'm really playful with my rituals. I have something that I call my um, ritual database where anything that I know that has served me, I'm documenting it, right? And wow. I believe that we have 12 areas of our life, um, the, you know, categories. And I've, I found that through the inner you interview coursework by Handel group. I love, I love that the, the way that they frame our lived experience, mm. but you know, I take these 12 areas of my life and I have rituals for all 12, how I relate to myself, how I relate to my body, how I relate to my time, how I relate to my money. And I write down and I organize this by, you know, when I'm in my low lows, which of these rituals is actually going to serve me? Because some rituals are not going to serve you when you're at your lowest lows. Some right. are going to be the little kind of energy boosts when you're, you know, not in the best mood, but you just need a little pep talk really quickly. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm really in constant reflection around what's serving me most effectively um, so that I already know what, <laughs> what to turn to in those low, low moments. Right. Yes. Um, so creating those, creating those personal rituals 
and, and allowing yourself to access them in those moments and turning off the alarm clock intentionally, right? Mm-hmm. Doing the thing that you know restores your soul. Yeah. Sometimes the bubble bath is not going to cut it. If you're burnt out, if you're burnt out, the bubble bath will feel really amazing for your body. But in terms of your relationship to yourself, if you've not integrated a ritual, if you've not integrated soul care there, the bubble bath isn't going to do it. Right. Right. Wow. Okay. I love it. This is great. This is going to be so helpful for people. Yeah. It's amazing. Let's say someone has put some of this into place and they've they've started like shifting from routine into ritual they're doing soul care what do they notice how are they going to know that this is this is kind of working what's it what's it going to feel like for them so here's here's what i like to use to like just measure my myself and my um sense of wellness mm-hmm. how many times in a day how many times in a week how many times in a month do i say i fucking love being me Ooh, I like that. That's it. That's it. I I use that because it's so simple. It's not like I don't have to then create. I love rubrics and spreadsheets. I'm a I'm a data nerd. If you work with me as a client, you will have so many templates, so many spreadsheets, so like so much, right? You'll have all the tools. But I find even as I build those things for my clients, we get lost in the sauce sometimes. And that's part of the play. Not a big deal. Yeah. But this, you know, tiny tool do I love being me? Right. And if I don't, I know there's something in my life that I need to optimize. I know there's something in my life I need to pay more attention to. I know there's an exploration of how I can better serve who I uniquely am that I need to embark on. That's good. Okay. That's keeping it super simple and sweet today for you. (laughs) Yeah, that's great. I mean, this is so, this is so great because it's so clear and it's so actionable. I feel like someone listening right now can immediately make some of these changes in their life today if they wanted to and apply this. Wow. Well, it sounds like Candice, you are an amazing person to work with. If someone wants to do that, how would they get in touch with you? You're the best. I would love to work with all your humans because I know this this group that you've gathered in your orbit, like I know they're y'all are special people. So before I dive into that, right? Like mm-hmm. I, I want to just emphasize that I used to have this kind of I want to fix everything at once approach to my life, um, mm-hmm. you know, over problematizing my existence, like, oh, this one area is not perfect. So my life sucks, right? Like I definitely had that that spirit and that nature to me. And so mm-hmm. if you're in that place, I just want to first welcome you into appreciating yourself, acknowledging yourself, maybe take down, take 10 seconds during, you know, while you're listening to this to write down in what ways do I love my life? In what ways do I value who I am? In what ways am I proud of, of the way that I'm living I don't think that we do that enough. And I think it would really serve us to zero in on where we need to make the change. Because it's honestly, more often than not, as much change as we feel that we need, right? Um, So I I, I definitely relate to the the folks who are chronically microdosing on misery. I had a chapter of my life. I do not speak about that from a place of judgment. I speak about Mm -hmm. it with very strong conviction because I lived it. And I remember very vividly you know, a, a friend I was angry with at the time, he was like, you're just like allowing yourself to be unhappy. 
you know, I, I was, mm-hmm. and it, it came, it was so painful in the moment I was living in NYC, which I'm returning to in a, you know, in a new cycle now. Yeah. Um, I was so in debt. I was so overworked, so underpaid. My relationships were so unhealthy. My friendships were unhealthy. I was physically exhausted all the time. Yeah. And I was just like rowing it in the BS every single day. Mm. And he was so insensitive when he said this to me, but it woke me up because I realized I wasn't, I'd moved to New York to be a professional dancer. I wasn't doing that. Oh. I had, you know, left this Fulbright research experience in Nicaragua on a high feeling like so elated and so passionate about the work I was doing. I was not doing that in my day to day. And yeah. so even though it was like kind of, you know, a rough shake, it was exactly what I needed. And I learned we all need that. Right. And I want to be that for the people that I partner with, but with more compassion and more kindness and more safety and love. Right. Um, so just know if you're navigating those lows in your life, you're not alone and it's not your fault. Mm -hmm. This world is not designed to serve. I think multi-passionate human beings. It's not, designed to serve the creative visionaries who um, don't want to sacrifice their personal wellness for their creations, right? For their unique visions. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to create an anti-status quo world where we are serving folks like us, right? Yes. Um, so if you're, if you're, you know, curious to work with me, I want to offer something really special for folks that have stuck it out with us. You know, this has been a really beautiful, lengthy conversation. Um, I have a ritual that I call the soul care vision roadmap that walks you through in a two hour experience, those three portions of the framework that I shared earlier on today, right? We're going to do some self-discovery work. We're going to get you some clarity around what you need in your life right now, where the priorities around just meeting your, your needs, what your core values are that you can start to like build a purposeful life around. And what are your desires? We're so, we're so big on suppressing our desires. We're like, oh, well, it's not a must have. Like, let's just start integrating the, I want it into our life a little bit more often. So we'll, we'll do that. And I like to play with tarot and astrology um, and guided meditations and other playful rituals for that portion. Then we go and we build together a 30-day action plan. So we're going to look at how can you cultivate those through intentional action, through intentional rituals over the course of 30 days. And one thing, I love that you kind of mentioned this in our discussion earlier, I build in or support you to build in metrics. How will you know you've achieved this, right? Right. So it's not just not enough to say, I want more money. Right. What? amount of money do you want? And what are the milestones along the way that you're going to celebrate yourself for? So we'll build in a whole celebration ritual. I have an amazing um, kind of experience where I create personal empowerment podcasts or pep talks for my clients. So you'll leave with a little mini kit of, you know, pep talks that are your voice or your words that you can kind of tap, tap into and access when you're ready to celebrate yourself or when you're needing just like to be reanimated. Um, and so that experience is typically $297. But for anyone who tunes into your podcast, I'm taking $100 off of that experience. So Ooh. incredibly high value. You get so much out of this. And yes. I know that your, your people are perfectly primed for this. So if you use, um, I'll share the link for you, uh, share the link with you for people to purchase. But if you use out of the closet as your, um, as your promo code, you're going to get $100 off of that service. 
That's so good. You guys jump on that. That's awesome. I'm so pumped. I'm so pumped. I love hosting those and they're just so incredibly valuable. Um, I wanted to make sure that I shared something good with this community. Oh, that's amazing. So I'm going to put the link for that down in the show notes. So you can, the link and the code. So it's really easy to remember them out of the closet. (laughs) That is awesome. Okay. Thank you so much. I'm super excited for everyone listening right now because that's amazing. I guess the last thing I always like to ask, is there any just like one piece of advice that you would have for someone who is just on a personal development path? Like just just something that is a piece of advice you have for everybody on this kind of journey. Mm, That's a beautiful question. Okay, two things are coming to the surface. And I I feel like I've been saying them over and over again, but this is what spirit's telling me to say. So whatever. Oh yeah. The first is affirm yourself and acknowledge yourself on the journey. I feel like too many of us are uncomfortable with this. Too many of us minimize this. If you're not an advocate for yourself, if you're not a cheerleader for yourself, there's no way you can expect other people to do that with integrity. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I, I invite you to really shift how you relate to yourself and to speak in an affirming way and speak in a loving way, speak in a compassionate way to yourself and ritualize that. Mm-hmm. Make it part of your day-to-day experience. For a person like me, I'm all day long just telling myself how proud I am, how amazing I am, how brilliant that idea was, how proud I am of that collaboration. And it shifts the way that I operate and how I show up. And I notice there is a marked difference when I am not as proactive about this. Um, So that would be the first thing that I would share. And then I think, you know, I'm in a season of embracing the void, right? Like I, I don't know what's next. And I used to be the person who wanted to know exactly what the next, you know, milestone was like, I, I wanted to have the whole picture laid out in front of me. What I'm living right now, I couldn't have dreamt up. Yeah. Candace of six months ago, Candace of a year ago, Candace of five years ago could not have dreamt where I am today. Right. What is present that has been the constant are my needs, my values, and my desires. I've clarified those, I've expanded those, and I'm experiencing those now. But the way that that's showing up is blowing my mind. And so, you know, I invite for those that this is resonating with, I invite you to, like, I don't know, do something crazy and let your hands off the steering wheel. <laughs> it's like one of those, it's one of those Tesla cars. It's, <laughs> it's self-operating. You don't have to do that forever. When right. you're ready to put your hands back on the wheel, do it. But like the delight that the universe can offer you when you just focus on what you need to focus on, which is what do I need? What do I desire? What do I value? When you focus on those things and start letting the universe drive you, start letting divine energy drive you, you will tap into things that blow your mind. Wow. Oh, it's so good. Yes. I love that. Thank you. Thank you. I was like (laughs) pouring that back into myself. (laughs) Oh, it was amazing. Amazing. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much for being here for all of the wisdom. It has been so awesome having you on. This was an absolute delight. I am so grateful that you have created this space. This work is so important. I'm celebrating you, Brittany. You're changing the world from your overflow. Hell yeah. Ah, Thank you. um, (laughs) Thank you for your dedication to it. It's beautiful.
Oh, thank you so much, Candice. And thank you everyone who's listening. Have a beautiful week. I'll catch you next time.